This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Alejandro Zuniga here with me. We are in a hotel in Indianapolis offering you our takeaways from Big Ten Media Days 2023. We came up with five. Obviously, there'll be tons of content over at the MichiganInsider.com, Michigan.247sports.com, covering everything from position battles to some of the national topics, um, just even some health updates. But in this episode, we're going to try to stick to the stuff that, that was really on our mind the most on the on the short drive back from Lucas Oil Stadium. We heard from Jim Harbaugh. We heard from Chris Jenkins, Blake Corum, Mike Sainristil at the event. Lots of Jim Harbaugh. Um, he probably spoke the most. But Alejandro, I think the, the first thing that anybody was asking about or talking about at Big Ten Media Days has to do with that potential four-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh stemming from an NCAA violation. Now, it isn't official yet, and, and Jim made it very clear he's not allowed to talk about any aspect of it. I think that was word for word what he said several times. But what jumped out to me, you know, Jim didn't give us much, but I, w- I was able to hear from the players and their thoughts about what it might be like to coach or to play without your head coach, what it might be like on game days, what what the team reaction is. And, and I got to say, I, I came away, I mean, I, I'm not surprised by this, but I came away believing that this is not a team that needs Jim Harbaugh to be successful, especially against those opponents. If it was the Ohio State game, different discussion. But, you know, I've talked in the past about one of the big culture shifts that Jim Harbaugh made with this team from 2020 to 2021 and 2022 was he made the team, encouraged the team to be more player-led. And I've been doing some of my preseason roster breakdown stuff. They have 31 players who have started at least three games at the FBS level. Um, they have 15 returning starters on offense and defense, and a lot of guys who have been in that position at times just due to injury or or they transferred in or whatever. So this is a very veteran team, and I came away with the impression, I really liked uh, Mike Sainristale cited a Ben Herbert line that's just, who cares, work harder. And that was kind of his reaction, is like, okay, Michigan is getting all this praise as the preseason favorite or, or top three team nationally or the, the pick to win the Big Ten. Who cares? Work harder. Jim Harbaugh might be suspended. He might not be. Who cares? Work harder. So I think that was that was something that, that kind of jumped out to me. I know you were able to talk to, to Blake about this and, and hear from Chris Jenkins on this too. What, what was the player sentiment on their end? Yeah, I, I'll start with going back to yesterday. First day of Big Ten Media Days, we talked to Greg Schiano, the Rutgers coach, um, Michigan could potentially be without Jim Harbaugh for that Rutgers game, right? Oh, First sure. Okay. Uh, and Greg Schiano brought up a very uh, interesting point, which is, uh, does Jim Harbaugh have to stay out of Schembechler Hall for all four weeks, or is it just on game day? Because that's going to impact the suspension. Yeah, very different discussion. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's one thing. And, and, of course, we don't know the answer to that quite yet. 
Um, some of the early reports suggest it would just be on game days. Uh, and if that is the case, uh, when we were talking to players, when, when I was talking to Blake Corum, uh, it's the sort of thing that I honestly think could just light a fire under them. Yeah. You know, there's one thing that struck me about watching Georgia win the national championship last year was how all the players said that <laughs> nobody believed nobody in believed them. Nobody believed in them. Nobody believed in them. Preseason and, number one, Georgia won the national title a year prior. But. And, and there's something to that, right? Yeah. There's something to the motivations that go into turning 18 to 21-year-olds and having them play elite levels of football and being motivated despite the fact that Michigan has been picked as a preseason favorite. You know, if all of a sudden now players can have an enemy, ha- have have this adversity that they maybe built up that, that, that they have to go through, that could be a positive. And Blake Corum said exactly that. It's that this is going to light a fire under us. We, He said, I don't know the details. And they all said that. They, they were very well coached to not say anything more, any specifics. Um, I'm sure they don't know, just like maybe Jim Harbaugh doesn't know. Uh, but they said, this is going to light a fire under us. If it happens, we are going to play for Coach Harbaugh and we know we can do this without him. You know, the, the players that Jim Harbaugh brought to Big Ten Media Days are players who have been around this program for a long time. There are players who we very much expect will be captains this yeah. year. And they are the players who, you know, when you have a young running back, when you have a young defensive back, when you have a young anybody on that Michigan football team, it's look at what Blake Corum's doing. Look at what Chris Jenkins is doing. Look at what Mike Sainer still has done throughout his entire Michigan career. And Jim Harbaugh's not around for a couple games. It's very clear that the players feel like they can step up and they can be the leaders that Michigan needs. And and to Jim's credit, I think he thinks this too. I don't think he's he couldn't talk about it today. But you know, he's said before, it's the players that make the plays. <laughs> the players are the ones that score the points. The players are the ones that that make the tackles. And so, you know, certainly you do wonder what happens if, if he isn't allowed to be in the room, in the building at all. I, I, my understanding is my expectation, I guess would be that if he's suspended, it would be just game days. And they have a lot of other assistant coaches too. Um, but at the end of the day, this is a team that, I mean, Alejandro, their backup offensive line is going to have like 30 starts under their belt, right? You know, it's it's very experienced at, at pretty much every position. But speaking of that, I felt like we got our first or most updated, a slightly more recent look into some of the biggest position battles heading into fall camp. I think the cornerback battle is the one that, that everyone talks about. But I think offensive tackle, uh, Jim Harbaugh maybe... Surprise? Maybe not. Maybe not a surprise, but it was notable. He he said there will be a battle at center between yeah. Drake Nugent and Greg Crippen, and this is. I mean, Nugent has landed on preseason All American teams and everything like that. So, um, sounds like kicker there'll be a battle, even though James Turner leads. Sounds like you'll see you know, and, and even if it's not a starting position battle, it seems like there'll be uh, hierarchy battles at edge. I think at uh, tight end you might see outside of Colston Loveland and A.J. Barner, you know, what's what's the jockeying for snaps look like at, at the number three, number four spots? Feels like, I mean, I, I, I'm going to have a story about this come out Friday morning, but it feels like there's a lot of different position battles, really at every position, just because there's so much depth, there's so much experience, there's 
again, there will be backup players who were starters for multiple seasons at other programs or, or even at Michigan. So what, what were some of your takeaways uh, from the players and then also Jim Harbaugh about those position battles? I, I can't tell if it's just because there's less of them, so they got discussed a little bit more in detail. You know, this is a team that a lot of the depth chart is already there, and it's already known. But it did feel like, compared to past Big Ten media dates, it felt like there was a little bit more discussion about those position battles. What jumped out to you from what you heard today? I think you got to start with the confidence, right? Uh, this is something that, that took a lot of people by surprise last year when Jim Harbaugh, before the season, dropped a depth chart, which is not something that he does very frequently. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and why did he do that? Well, he did that because he was confident in the team that he had, and he was confident in in the fact that Michigan could take care of business through the first few weeks of the season, and it wasn't maybe a competitive advantage to say, or a competitive disadvantage to reveal what the depth chart was. Mm-hmm. I, I get the sense that it's very similar this year. I, I think that in the vast majority, uh, through the vast majority of this roster, Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan coaches are confident in the players that they have. Now, is it going to be Greg Crippen starting at center, or is it going to be Drake Nugent? I, they're going to figure that out, right. but they're going to be confident no matter who that player is. Uh, I am very, very curious about the offensive line for a couple reasons. Um, first reason being, this has been the bread and butter of the Michigan football team for yep. the last two years specifically. But in addition to that, the transfers that Michigan has brought in haven't practiced with the team right. in full capacity yet. So the fact that Jim Harbaugh is coming out and saying, hey, Drake Nugent is in line to battle for a starting position when because of injuries and, and because of you know some transfer logistics with Ladarius Henderson – you know, he couldn't come in and practice in the spring. He joined yep. in the summer. But the fact that those players are already being listed as potential starters is, I think, for a strong indication of how confident the coaches are and what they're going to bring to that line. Yeah, that offensive line will be interesting, too, because this is why we don't get paid like Sharon Moore does. It's very <laughs> hard, I feel like, in practice to truly differentiate very good offensive linemen. So this is... And, and then the other part that matters compa- more than, like, the edge position is uh, most coaches say you want a starting five on the offensive line, and then you want to let them build that chemistry with each other. So you don't necessarily rotate like you do at edge or like you might at wide receiver or running back or, or even linebacker. I mean, I, Michigan might get creative because they essentially have three tune-up games, but at the same time, the offensive line is it, there's a lot of heat in those position battles. You know the waters, the competitive waters will be hot because if you're the seventh offensive lineman, you might only play like five snaps in a game. Like it, it it's a lot bit steeper of a drop off than some of those other position battles. So I, I'm I'm very very curious about that. I'm also just curious like how they're going to figure it out, when they're going to figure it out. Like you know, it it it's I'm I'm not envious of their situation because man if I'm thinking I'm a left tackle I'm not but if I were (laughs) if I were and it's like I give up one sack in one practice like you know am I looking over my shoulder concerned about but but also I still remember I interviewed Greg Crippen during the Fiesta Bowl media days and this was right after they had added Drake Nugent and remember Greg Crippen IMG center actually was JJ McCarthy's center if I'm not mistaken you know, highly rated guy, but then they bring in Olu Oluwatimi. They bring in 
Drake Nugent, and I kind of asked him about it. He's like, I didn't come to Michigan to start right away. You know, I came to compete. And if you don't want to compete, don't be here. And I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like, he's he's ready for bad. I mean, he, you know, obviously that's that's a great quote anyways, but the, the sincerity of it and the, the timing of him saying that led me to believe that there's a lot of guys who want to start, and they're not afraid to compete for it. So it'll be it'll be very interesting. I, I mean, that's going to be that's probably my favorite part about fall camp is you know the different position battles. You know, and because it's going to define the team, as as you noted, the offensive line plays a pretty big role in Michigan's success. I would say all of their good teams in history have probably had great offensive lines. I, I someone can fact check me on that, but I, I think that's a pretty common trend. So yeah, the position battles will definitely be one to watch. I know I talked with Mike Sainrisso a lot and and got kind of a glimpse at the cornerback position battle. And what jumped out to me there is just how many different players have a puncher's chance. You know, everyone, I think everyone's talked about Josh Wallace, the UMass transfer, Amarian Walker. I think Jaden McBurrows, even though he was injured last season, I think, I don't think he played a defensive snap, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I think he's someone that can get into that position, but then you start adding more, you know, does Keyshawn Harris get a look? Does Jair Hill, does Miles Pollard get a look? Um, Jermon Green, I mean, you can kind of keep going down the list, and it's like, man, what is, are there going to be nine guys battling for this job? And I think the answer is yes. I mean, that was kind of the impression I got. You know, we'll see We'll see who s- separates themselves in fall camp, because I, I, I imagine it'll probably be one of those first three names that we listed. I, I Jim Harbaugh, those are the three he said. So that suggests to me that those are the ones first that come to his mind first, I guess, as contenders. I think uh, the only other position battle I can think of that was that was interesting was was the special team. Sounds like uh, Tommy Doman's locked down that punter job. I mean, and that speaks star punter. <laughs> well, that's true. That's very true, and that speaks to the confidence that you mentioned because Jim is not someone traditionally who does a lot of comparisons or superlatives, especially for players who haven't played. It's he's starting to do it more in the past year or so, but I think he's been right every time. You know, the gift from the football gods comment, stuff like that. Uh, he said Tommy Doman's got the best leg from a punter he's seen at Michigan. So I guess that's one position battle that is sorted out. It's not going to be a battle. So it'll be his his job. Uh, any other position battle related topics that jumped out to you? I mean, it was it was very it was very very clear that J.J. McCarthy's a starting quarterback. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's a position <laughs> battle that just simply does not exist. Oh. In a, As we sit through 14 Big Ten coaches going up to the podium and talking about how every position is up for battle, yeah. how you know quarterbacks are going to duke it out and who knows who's going to win that starting job. At Michigan, A, it's going to be J.J. McCarthy. There is no position battle. And B, going back to comparisons... Jim Harbaugh was up there Whew, making. That's a big uh, one. Was it Patrick Mahomes <laughs> and, and Josh, Josh Allen. Allen? Yeah. Uh, so, so two, uh, you know, mediocre quarterbacks. Right. That, right. <laughs> you know, that, that JJ's being compared to here, but I mediocre golfers. I think that's <laughs> fair to say, right? I, I haven't seen the special. I'm just kind of guessing there. But yeah, no, that's exactly right. That was that was another situation where I think we saw a very comfortable and confident Jim Harbaugh where. He was asked about J.J. McCarthy pretty early on and, and immediately calls him a once-in-a-generation quarterback at Michigan, which, by the way, he's right. If you actually look at Michigan's history, a lot of great football teams, a lot of great quarterbacks, but I don't think that there have been a ton, 
especially in the modern era of Michigan football, of all-American caliber quarterbacks. I mean, Jim Harbaugh himself was the last first-round draft pick quarterback from Michigan. Uh, there's been some second-rounders, right, like Chad Henney, and obviously Tom Brady, you know, he was drafted too low a little bit. <laughs> but but at the same time, I don't think there's been a ton of, of players with J.J. McCarthy's mobility. He led the Big Ten in quarterback rushing yards, arm strength, I think the athleticism overall, he's kind of got that, they call it the middle infielder athleticism, where it's not like he's Denard Robinson running, you know, a 4-4-40 or something, but he does have that ability to escape the pocket, to make athletic plays. And then what really jumped out to me was the leadership that all the players discussed about J.J. McCarthy, but then also Jim Harbaugh, too. I mean, this is clearly... You know, I remember hearing a couple years ago, four years ago maybe, that Jim Harbaugh all he wa- all he felt he needed to be to bring Michigan to that mountaintop of the Big Ten was a quarterback who kind of had a little bit of the Jim Harbaugh toughness, the Jim Harbaugh selflessness, the Jim Harbaugh like I'm willing to sacrifice because he would have laid down a block. You know, I, I wasn't alive in the '80s, I didn't see him play. But that was the that's always what's been told to me is like if he if coach told if the coach told him to play fullback, you know, he'd be he'd be getting low and and having that pad level and, and giving it everything he had. And I think I think it took him a few years to find a quarterback who really not only had that that grit and that that selflessness and that sacrifice, um, but also the talent, because when you have both, that's when you start to I mean, you don't even have to try to be a leader. The, the team is going to follow you uh, if you have those two things. So it was very I'm sure that's music to Michigan fans' ears, right? When they hear all these superlatives being thrown about there. I mean, I think the first reaction for fans might be, whoa, are you sure? Like, are you really, like, that confident in this? But but the impression I got in terms of how he talked about J.J. McCarthy in several settings, you know, at the big podium, at the breakout session, on Big Ten Network, yeah, it's it's very clear. I mean, this is, the, this is Jim Harbaugh's quarterback. This is exactly how... He wanted to draw up a quarterback leading a team this talented. And and that doesn't mean J.J. McCarthy's going to win the Heisman or throw for 4,000 yards or, or break a bunch of records. But it means that he, it, all signs to me point that he is better than he was last season. He's more comfortable. He's more prepared. It's hard to hear players talk about that a little bit today. Uh, and he's exactly the quarterback Michigan needs as it chases a national championship. Yeah, hey. We spoke to Jim Harbaugh after the Rutgers game last year, and that was the first time I think that Jim Harbaugh flat out said that he sees himself in JJ McCarthy. He did say it at Iowa. He said it. Yep. Okay, but but still, yeah. So so this is JJ is very much a quarterback in Jim Harbaugh's image, and we didn't get a chance to talk to him today. JJ did not make the trip to Indianapolis for uh, uh, for Big Ten media days, but we have had a chance to talk to him throughout the summer on various occasions, and it is very evident. Uh, that a he's a leader on this football team, but physically he has matured significantly. You know, we saw him at the Ohio State game last year. How he bowled through a couple of defenders, was able to carry them on his back for five, six, seven extra yards. He has added ten, fifteen pounds this offseason, right. yep. and and it is very evident. So I think the physical tools that. J.J. McCarthy is a five-star prospect. You knew he had those physical tools, but he looks like a veteran on this team now. He looks like someone who has been in a Ben Herbert off-season workout regimen 
And so I'm, I'm very excited to see it. It's going to be very interesting to see how Michigan brings it all together, right? Yeah. Because it is, it is an excellent problem to have if you're Jim Harbaugh and if you're Sharon Moore, which is that you have J.J. McCarthy with all the arm talent in the world. You have Blake Corum and Donovan Edwards. You have wide receivers who are asking to get more touches. You have Colston Loveland, who is, again, a generational type tight end prospect, a guy that Jake Butt says, you know, better than I am, maybe the best Michigan tight end I've seen in decades. That's crazy, by the way, because this is not a knock on, on Colston, but 11 career catches? Yeah, 12 or 13? Two of them were very, very well, big catches. All right, all right. And I, I, I'm not doubting what he can be, but but similar to maybe Tommy Doman, similar to some of these other players, it does seem like there's a level of confidence that, and maybe it's just because Michigan's been that good the last two years that when they look better at certain spots, you know, you do have to start bringing out the the big guns comparison wise. Yeah. But point is that there's a, there's a lot of options on this Michigan football team. Right. And, and when you're looking at a player like JJ McCarthy, who Jim Harbaugh has said repeatedly, like we would follow him to hell and back. I would follow him to hell and back. And I encourage our players to do the same. That's the type of leader you need on. You need that sort of selfless leader, especially at quarterback when quarterback is not, the emphasis that it is at other schools, right? You need the guy who is willing to take the snap and hand it off to Blake Corum 33 times in the Michigan <laughs> State game, which is what he did. Yep. You need that type of player, and then you're also going to need him the same way that Michigan, well, what Michigan got in the Ohio State game, you know, who is going to be able to use his feet, who is going to be able to make good decisions, and who is going to be able to combine, you know, the intangibles with the very, very tangible talent that he has. It's it's going to be a big year for him, you know. It's yeah. it, one way or the other. Yeah, you know, this is someone with NFL aspirations, with NFL talent, who is surrounded by more NFL talent on the offensive line and in the backfield. It's going to be very exciting to see how Michigan brings that all together on Saturdays. It will. It will. I know you just mentioned Blake Corum, but before we get there, we're going to hit a quick break. On the other side, we'll talk about Blake Corum clearing himself for practice and and also what else he had to say at Big Ten Media Days and and what it all means. And then we'll also talk a little bit about the transfer portal. Heard some stuff about Cade McNamara. We'll talk about all that on the other side. This is the Wolverine 24-7 podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, 
like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we're back. Thanks for waiting. So Alejandro, you were, I think at Blake Corn, I think you spent the most time with him. He is cleared for contact by himself. It sounds <laughs> like. What else, what else were you able to glean? I mean, because I, I don't think it's a red flag concern for Michigan, but that is a question mark is, is, you know, Blake Corum, pretty severe injury, severe enough that he put the NFL on hold and obviously missed Michigan's final three games. Um, so where is he at in his recovery? What, what were you able to glean from where his mindset is at? And, and, uh, velvet suit. <laughs> I liked it. Hey, it's not often that football players get all dressed up like that. So, so when they do, uh, Hey, maybe it was a suit from from the Heisman ceremony that he should have been invited to last year, right? Um, if it is, he would have had to tailor it because he is looking very large. I, in a good way, he has added a lot of upper body mass. Uh, in if if I if that's you, saying something for him too, because he's saying been, something for yeah. him. And and if you just think about the running back who Blake Horam was in twenty twenty one, when between twenty one and twenty two, Michigan fans. The media were asking, is Blake Corum big enough, strong enough, tough enough to be in every down back? Is he the type of guy who can drive a pile forward for a yard if he needs to? And he showed in last year, absolutely. He is all of that and, and so much more. And this year, he, he's added 10, 15 more pounds on top of that. Yeah. Uh, it's going, I, I'm very curious, both with the knee injury and, and with this added mass that he's added, what he looks like as a running back. Now, as it relates to the knee injury itself, it uh, sounds like Blake maybe doesn't pay enough attention at doctor's appointments uh, <laughs> because he had one, he said recently, the last couple days, and he says he is fairly confident, pretty sure that the doctor cleared him for full contact. <laughs> He's going to have to check back in and make sure that's really what he meant. Uh, but he said he feels like a million bucks. That's a direct quote. Yeah. Uh, and said he is clearing himself for contact. Uh, and there, there's no doubt in his mind... Uh, or in anyone else's, that when Michigan starts fall camp on August 2nd, he will be there. He will be able to be a full participant uh, if he needs to be. Uh, but he, you know, he was realistic. He said, I, I need to be careful. I need to be smart. I, my knee feels great. I, it all feels perfect. It's where it needs to be. Uh, but he is certainly going to be smart as he returns to full contact, you know, not, not even a full year after suffering a fairly significant knee injury and going through surgery and recovery and all of that. Well, I was going to say, it's always a little different because I feel like sports medicine today is so advanced that it, it just, it, they, the, us normal people really take for granted their, their recoveries yeah. and, and especially a very high contact position like running back. I mean, that's, that's nothing to sneeze at and that's not doubting Blake or anything. It's just uh, observing that, you know, that position takes a toll. It really does. And and I did, you know, catch some glimpses of Blake talking about the notion of sharing the ball with Donovan Edwards. And I think that was the other thing that maybe jumped out to me about his presser is uh, I like the phrase Michigan's adopted, by the way. What's what's good for the hive is good for the bee. I think it is, or what's good for the bee is good for the hive. Everybody eats. Yeah. Everybody yeah, eats. But kind of the notion that, like, look, if, if Donovan Edwards runs for 100 yards and Blake runs, I mean, you know, Yes, there is that statistical component of the Heisman candidacy, but 
I think especially at running back, we are not the first people to talk about how unfair the NFL is to running backs. But, you know, you almost want to go in. They almost look at NFL draft picks at, at running back, NFL teams do, like mileage on a car, right? You almost want less carries. Now, both Donovan Edwards and Blake Corm are going to have a lot of carries under their belt. So, you know, I don't think that they need to be cautious about it or anything. But at the same time, you know, it did seem like he was he was very open to sharing and, and sharing the ball and sharing carries and sharing the spotlight a little bit more than last year. Well, it's, it, it's absolutely true. And when you look back to last year, Michigan ended its season pretty banged up yes. in a lot of different positions. Yep. And, and the running back position uh, emphasizes that more than almost any, right? Blake Corum goes down. Donovan Edwards, as it turns out, was not playing healthy by the end of last year. Yeah, multiple injuries. Multiple injuries. Yeah. And I think both of them realize, hey, they, they are two very talented backs. Obviously, two of the best in the Big Ten, potentially the best tandem in the country. They want to win a championship. And if they can both be healthy heading into the end of the year, that will help them win a championship. Blake Corum has hundreds of carries, if not thousands of carries under his belt at the University of Michigan. He knows what he can show to the NFL. Donovan Edwards is going to have hundreds of carries under his belt. He's going to have receptions. He had a touchdown pass that he threw on the field right here (laughs) in Indianapolis. They know that they can make it to the NFL. They know that they don't need to be the sole running back to prove themselves for the NFL, right? If they are back and they're back to win a championship, the way you do that is by being a little bit more selfless, by accepting the fact that you're not going to get the ball every single time, and you're better as a team. Yeah. And Blake Corum, you know, Donovan Edwards, when I spoke to him earlier this year, he said, this was supposed to be my year. You know, the way he had mapped out his college career, he knew that he was going to arrive in Ann Arbor, he wasn't going to start right away, but the 2023 season, he thought, Blake Corum's going to be gone, and this is going to be my year. As it turns out, yeah, it, it might be his year, but it's not going to solely be a spotlight on him, right? It's going to be a spotlight on him. It's going to be on Blake. It's going to be on JJ. It's going to be on Colston Loveland. You know, the spotlight will not be exclusively on Donovan Edwards. But if you can accept that as a team, and that's something that Jim Harbaugh spoke very highly of the team culture, if you can accept that it will make the team better, then it's going to lead to more success down the road. Yeah. Well, and Blake, one more thing on him. He reminds, it's very similar, I think, to the Aiden Hutchinson notion where if your best player is also your hardest worker, you're going to have a very good culture. You're going to have a very motivated locker room because everyone's going to look at all the success, all the accolades, the velvet suits that Blake has <laughs> and, and say, like, okay, how do I get there? And what's what's really beneficial to Michigan about it is, you know, it's not like he was a five-star guy. He was very talented out of high school, just to be clear. I think he was not a five-star because a little bit of his height, I think, but you know, this was also someone who really worked and transformed their body and and probably spends as much time in the weight room as anyone on the team. I remember hearing some of the wake up, the workout numbers that he was putting up. He's probably pound for pound the strongest player on the team. So, you know, how do you how do you get like Blake? How do you get like Aiden Hutchinson? It's a lot of it is done in the offseason um, and in the weight room and in developing your physical capabilities. All right, last topic that jumped out to me, and there's lots of little ones, right? We'll have stories on the beat Georgia drill. We'll have stories on, you know, the different position groups that were discussed. 
But the the other big topic that jumped out to me is I think people expected Jim Harbaugh to say something negative about the transfer portal. Like the way those questions were worded to him, I think it was like, you know, I think there's a new narrative where maybe coaches want to control or want to scale back the transfer portal because I think over 3,200 football players enter the portal in 23 off season. And I, so I think there was like this notion of like, how do you bottle that back up or, or scale it back? And, and I, I appreciate Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he said exactly what he thinks and, and his, his thought and something that does get overlooked is he went and asked the players, you know, whether it's players who transferred out players who transferred in or players who haven't transferred. And they all say that there are more positives to the transfer portal than negative. And he thinks it's too soon to make any big changes. I know there's potential legislation of like making players wait until year three or something like that. But I, that, that kind of jumped out to me. And then the other part of that was obviously these big 10 media days. There's lots of other big 10 reporters and a lot of Iowa reporters in those press conferences asking about Cade McNamara. Cade has thrown a couple shots at Michigan, it, it, it seems like. But Michigan, whether it was Jim Harbaugh, whether it was Mike Sainer still, Blake Corum, it seems like everyone had really positive things to say about Cade McNamara, and they, they, they seemed to wish him well. And I think all three players said they hope that they can face him and Eric All at the Big Ten Championship game in Indianapolis. So your thoughts on, on not only the Cade McNamara side of things, but the transfer comments overall it does seem like Michigan is very pro transfer obviously it shows in this year's transfer recruiting class but it but even if they lose an RJ Moten or a player who who could help them here and there it seems like they're or Nikai Hill Green or Yabioki or Taylor Upshaw it seems like they're just very pro if that's what you think is best for you go ahead and do it because there will be other players who want to play for Michigan who might think that's best for them as well the transfer portal has been very kind to the University of Michigan, right? <laughs> to the football program. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe. <laughs> so, so I think there's maybe a, it's not rose-tinted glasses, but when, you know, when, when Michigan last year went out and grabbed Oluolowitimi, who ends up winning the Outland and the Remington Trophy, right. like, <laughs> it worked out fine, right? When Michigan was able to land Yabioki, who, who comes and, and ends up making big plays on, you know, at a position of need, it, it works out just fine. Jim Harbaugh has long been a proponent. He he was an early proponent of yep. something like he was one of the our, first. Our current understanding of the transfer portal, and what he said today is, "Why are we trying to fix something that we don't know if it's broken yet?" I don't necessarily agree fully with that premise because you talk about the number of players who enter the transfer portal and maybe don't find a landing spot. You talk about you know maybe the stabi- like the ability of, of a coach to, to build a program. I, I'm not I, I personally think that we could tweak the transfer portal a little bit. Sure, yeah. Um, but I was surprised, as you said, by the tenor of the questions, <laughs> where it seemed like the re- reporters were expecting Jim Harbaugh to, to be very anti-transfer portal when the transfer portal a has given Michigan a lot of talent at positions where it needs that talent yeah. and it will continue to do so this year. But also Michigan hasn't, they have not lost a starter to the transfer portal recently that, that I can right. think of off the top right. of my head. 
so so when you talk to Jim Harbaugh, it when when Jim Harbaugh goes out and recruits, whether it is high school recruiting or whether he's talking to someone in the transfer portal, he can sell a program that's going to compete for championships, which it is now doing. He can sell a University of Michigan education or a graduate degree, which he does very frequently. <laughs> and he can sell an NIL program that, while it is not at the same level, potentially, of, of other institutions, is finally coming into shape. So Michigan has always been a very attractive program because of its success on the football field and because of the eyeballs, the attention it attracts. When you add the transfer portal, you just give another chance for that to take effect, yeah. right? You get another chance to recruit someone to your institution and contribute on the football and field. And you get to recruit players who know you know they're good. Like there's a little yeah. less ambiguity as opposed to recruits. Yeah, I guess now that I, now that you lay it out like that, they probably shouldn't have been asking Michigan. Who likes the transfer <laughs> portal more than Michigan in the Big Ten right now? It, it, I don't know if anyone does. I mean, it's, you know, maybe maybe Iowa, but yeah, it's like no one has had more success the past two years in the Big Ten than Michigan, so that was probably the wrong coach <laughs> to ask because, yeah, transfers transfer played a role in that, and, and you know, I think, I think I always go back to the players who kind of we've always been picking their brains about like, what was the difference between 2020, 2021? And one of them was everyone who didn't want to be a part of the rebuild left. Mm -hmm. And the people who did want to be a part of it stuck around and, and, you know, were more united because that, that was who wanted to be there. It was a self-selecting roster in a lot of ways. So yeah, probably shouldn't have asked (laughs) now that, now that I'm like looking back, like these reporters probably shouldn't have asked, Michigan of all pro if that, if that was the narrative that they wanted to portray probably don't ask the school that's happy as a clam right now I mean it's it's uh everything's coming up Michigan the past couple <laughs> years and so yeah it'll be interesting but anyway that's gonna do it for us in this podcast there'll be tons of stories over at the michiganinsider.com michigan.247sports.com coming from Big Ten Media Days and fall camp begins August 2nd so we're gonna start rolling out more and more of our preview content. I'll have a position battles breakdown tomorrow. I'm probably going to have a depth chart Monday. Boy, the time really does fly sometimes. Summer's over. Yeah, suddenly Big Ten Media Days hits, and it's and it's football season. So we're excited to be a part of it for another season. For Alejandro Zuniga, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.